lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. That over there is something called an Aaron McIntyre. We are here alongside all of you. Let us know who you are, of course, via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, over on MeWe, Parlor and Gab, look for my name, Steve Dace, there. And if you're looking for clips of the program, uh, go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. We've got a jam-packed Tuesday lined up for you coming up at the bottom of the hour. Dr. Marty McCary from Johns Hopkins University will join us. Also a frequent Fauci critic, the guy that predicted back in the winter that we were on the verge of a herd immunity threshold in the U.S., looking at the data by April or May, and it looks like he's turned out to be correct about that. Uh, We'll talk to Dr. Makari about where things stand in the fight against COVID stand and coronavirus coming up at the bottom of the hour. Speaking of that fight, next hour, we continue our ongoing series looking at our best-selling book, Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history, uh, with fake news or not. And wouldn't you know, it is just serendipitous timing. This week's chapter discussion is about the chapter titled The Wuhan Lab. We did not plan that. We just are doing these in the order they were written in the book, and it just so happened that this week, that's the chapter. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, did you finish the documentary, by the way? I did. So you did do it. Okay, Aaron, you've watched. You're the one that told me about it, right? Yeah, and I was told by one of our listeners about it as well. The three of us have watched a phenomenal, well, at least I think it is anyway, a phenomenal documentary on uh, Netflix, The Sons of Sam. We're going to break down our thoughts on this four-part four part documentary, which is why I'm kind of surprised you finished it. Because anytime something is like more than two parts, you always come back to me with, well, how long is this? How many parts is this, well, right? if it's more than two parts about aliens, that's usually the Okay, all right, aliens. okay. Yes. But serial killers, they could have just kept um, doing I'm this in. one. You yes. had me. All right, had you at hello, gotcha, okay. In fact, this time when you asked me how many parts, it's because you wanted more, <laughs> right? You wanted more parts. It, it was really good. Yeah, it's very well done, but I think it has a, a, a fascinating message or look at what happens when those who are caught up in the spirit of the age without realizing it have to come face to face with actual evil how do they i mean how do they compute that how do they translate that and we'll get into that coming up uh, in our conversation with pop culture tuesday next hour of the show but before we get to all of those zany hijinks of course here is aaron's rundown which one of our mucky mucks here at the blaze informed me last night via text he described it as, quote, legendary. Oh, boy. Yes. Pressure. Uh, which, of course, I'm fine with that now because Aaron's contract has been renewed, so I owe him nothing more, no matter how much better he gets <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Uh, but here is Aaron's legendary rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Kamala Immigration and the Border Oh My. Vice President Kamala Harris was in Guatemala yesterday where she said this. I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making 
that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. One place she hasn't been yet is the U.S.-Mexico border, and she was asked about it by NBC News's Lester Holt. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. Learning Spanish today. Today's phrase is. In other news from the administration, President Joe Biden's 2022 budget proposal has replaced the word mother with birthing people. In another win for organizations like Evangelicals for Biden, sections of the budget include paragraphs like this, quote, The United States has the highest maternal mortality rate among developed nations with an unacceptably high mortality rate for black, American, Indian, Alaska, Native and other women of color before finishing the paragraph by calling the aforementioned groups, quote unquote, birthing people. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia made waves this weekend when he announced he won't be backing his own party's effort to enact sweeping federal election reform. South Carolina Congressman Jim Clyburn, your thoughts? If we're not careful, this, the greatest democracy on the face of the earth, will go the way of the Roman Empire. The history is very clear. Checking in on the UK, where they are continuing to freak out over a supposed surge in cases featuring the so-called Delta coronavirus variant. A new YouGov survey of the British shows the majority of those polled think coronavirus restrictions in the country should remain in place. 71% of the population believes masks should still be required to be worn in public. 55% believe limits on large events should stay in place as well. This poor Brit just doesn't understand. If I was doing some gardening today, right, and I just started cracking up for no reason on my own, and I just thought that it's the same reoccurring thing that makes me laugh. There is people, yeah, queuing up, right, to be poisoned with some up genetic technology that is still in trial that no one has any clue what damage it's going to do to them, and they're doing it for the health... <laughs> Oh man, it's so twisted. It's so twisted. You know, imagine you woke up from a coma for five years of a coma and you walked around now and you just realized, what the f is going on? Everyone's walking around with a muzzle, yeah, stopping himself breathing for their health. <laughs> Back stateside, the Convention of States commissioned a poll carried out by the Trafalgar Group looking at the issue of schools and vaccinations. The poll found overall 64% of respondents believe parents should be the ones making the decision about whether vaccinations should be required in their local school. Nearly half of Democrats agree with that assessment, while 83% of Republicans agree that parents should be the ones making that decision. Moving on, our parent company Blaze Media made a huge announcement today. Former Fox Sports personality and syndicated columnist Jason Whitlock is joining our network to launch a new show. Whitlock greeted the network with a powerful op-ed titled Faith Conquers Fear, powers the American dream, and fuels my Blaze Media project. I'd encourage everyone to go and read that. 
Whitlock says his new show is, quote, dedicated to pushing back against the corporate-supported systematic effort to undermine America through racial division and fear. He goes on to say, quote, I joined Blaze Media because I want to partner with people who wouldn't look at me funny when I referred to Jesus as a part of my journalistic worldview and platform. In completely unrelated news, Mara Gay of the New York Times editorial board went on MSNBC this morning to share her emotional scars at some of the sights and sounds she saw on Long Island over the weekend. And I was really disturbed. I saw, you know, dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with, uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, yep. uh, Trump yep. flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which, you know, uh, is also just disturbing. And finally, filmmaker Ami Horowitz took to the streets of New York City recently for The Daily Wire to ask New Yorkers why they're vaccinated and wearing a mask outside. Why are you wearing a mask outside? It feels weird not to. I just like it. I got used to it. I don't mind wearing it. I guess I'm just used to it, I guess. I just have it on. I forgot it was on. You forgot it was on? Are you vaccinated? Why are you wearing a mask outside? What's your thought process? No comment. I like, feel like I won't take off my mask until everybody does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a very role model, right? I mean, it's just it, it, there's a lot of anxieties with taking the mask off, you know, for the first time. So it's because probably, it's been so long. Yeah, it's like a social anxiety at this point. And that's what happened while we were away. The American Academy of Witch Doctors. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, voodoo Shaman. Uh, no. Um, pediatricians. I think that's actually what we call them these days. In the past, they were known as voodoo shaman and witch doctors. Today, we call them uh, pediatricians. Is urging your children to still wear these useless Chinese face diapers that will do nothing for them because they are neither victims nor vectors of this virus. All data points this out. It will do nothing for them. Except probably give them strep throat as they re-inhale all of their bacteria and stifle their God-given filtration system for no reason at all other than to assuage the fears of these losers. These spirit-of-the-age acolytes that Aaron just highlighted at the end of his montage. Here's what you can do about it. If you belong to a district or in a state, New York State said on Friday they were getting rid of the masks. Now they're saying they're going to stay, Right. If, if you just want to exempt yourself from this, you want an option, check out our friends over at Freedom Project Academy. They have mastered the art of online in-person learning, classical curriculum with a Judeo-Christian emphasis that, that, that also emphasizes critical thinking, not indoctrination, mastery of subject matter, not uh, leftist propaganda and spirit of the age psychobabble. Uh, if you want to raise a critical thinker, someone who can be capable of self-governing when it comes time to leave the nest, hell, actually leave your nest. How about them apples? Okay. Um, I can speak firsthand. My own son has done this for several years in the past. I know the people who founded and maintained this school would highly recommend it. Go online for free and just get an information packet and see if it's right for you. Freedom Project Academy, go to their website for Freedom Project Academy at freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Coming up in the overtime today, uh, I believe you are losing the argument. If you continue maintaining we are the only intelligent life in the universe, 
as Aaron's montage today clearly indicates. You're losing that argument. That argument's losing. It's not winning. It's clearly not winning. Todd, that is your argument, I believe, correct? Regarding aliens, I don't know what my argument is there, See, progress is being made. That the argument we are the if, if we are the only intelligent life in the universe at this point in time, may the trumpet sound nigh. Okay, we gave it our best shot down here. It's clearly not going to work out. Call it in. Call it in. Make the call. Make the call. But we will be debating aliens because we asked our Twitter following what they thought the most likely explanation for all of these UFO confirmed UFO reports now, what the most likely explanation for this phenomenon is. We gave you four options because that's all Twitter would give us. And the results are pretty split actually amongst all four. We're going to debate those findings and discuss them in our overtime today. Two weeks from tomorrow, by the way, is the deadline for the Department of Defense, to, for the intelligence community, to release all of its findings over the going back decades on UFOs, according to the budget deal that President Trump signed last December, which contained an amendment placed there by Senator Marco Rubio, giving the, uh, in, the intelligence community, I think it was 187 days or something, uh, in order to come forth with all of that material. That deadline is two weeks from tomorrow, June the 23rd. So we will discuss that today in our overtime, what you believe the most likely explanation is. All right. And, I, and here, here, a couple of things. I love you guys and all the feedback I get. Number one, I got to tell you up front, if, unless it's a name I recognize and it's got, it's got more than three paragraphs, chances are, unless you can tell me something gripping in the first paragraph, I'm hitting the eject. I, I just get too many emails, you know, and I, I just, I, I can't devote that level of time. I'm sorry. So I hate to go all Bill O'Reilly here, man, from back in the day, but keep it pithy if you can. Number two, whenever this subject comes up, 38 of you, sometimes 46, maybe even 55, will email me a link to the exact same podcast describing why it is definitive that these alien sightings are demons. I have received this link now at least 666 times. I know you're there. I'm feeling you. Okay. You don't. So now that I'm teasing this, I'm trying to save at least 14 of you an email. Okay. I got it. Okay. We will get into that angle of it too today in the overtime at blazetv.com slash days. Don't tell me you're not excited, Erzin. Well, it gives me pleasure that at least you're being spammed like that. At least because if you're going to make us do this. It's the you need small to have vi- a boomerang effect, yes. It's the small victories yes, in it life. Is. I'm, not, it's, I'm not fabricating this. It's in the news all the time, okay? Marco Rubio, you did this to us. That's right. All right, blazetv.com slash dace is where you can go. We will record that overtime right after today's show for you, uh, and then you'll be able to watch it if you're a subscriber to Blaze TV right there at blazetv.com slash dace. And if you're not yet one, that is where you can become one for a discount today so you don't miss it. As Todd moves a little bit more off of his previously firm stance, we are alone because he too just watched Aaron's montage and is now beginning to contemplate that this could just all be a trial run for somebody superior in the cosmos to us. All right. So we'll get into that today at blazetv.com slash dace. All right. Let's get to what is inside of Aaron's montage. 
Do you know how many Republicans who have ever thought for at least 10 seconds about being president of the United States one day? When they saw that Kamala Harris video, do you know how many of them are cursing Donald Trump in the ground he walks on right now? Get the bleep out of the way, dude. Okay? Because... I have never been more wrong about anybody I, in political life. Hold on. No, no. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. I didn't say the name. No, no, we, we, there, I know. There is, That's as far as I know. On our program, we neither confirm nor deny that we ever made any uh, affirmative comments well, I just said I. about her I, as a primary I, candidate a few years ago. I, I don't know what you're talking I, about. We have memory hold them. I am made up for that, though. In April of last year, I think I predicted that Kamala Harris would be Joe Biden's eventual running mate. And- I was right. So I made up for, for the rest of the media. That's the only that's the only official statement we have made on the record on this program that we will acknowledge, by the way. Uh, but that's the only official statement we have made about her future political prospects until now. She's insane. That that is that's the person who had who was gonna had to drop out before Iowa, who couldn't get above one or two percent in her own party's national polling. And whose only claim to fame was once sort of alleging in very strong words without directly saying it that Joe Biden, her now boss, is a racist, right? Um, there is no talent there. None. No, there is no ability there. No, no, no political ability there. Um, anybody who's ever considered being president in the Republican Party for five seconds is like hoping at this point... Uh, Mrs. Trump steps in, Baron, the teenage son, steps in and says, Pops, no, okay, um, uh, you know, um, God sends him into the wilderness like he did once Nebuchadnezzar for a period of time. Somebody does something because this is the opportunity of a lifetime. If you have ever thought as a Republican, I, I think I could do this presidential thing. Your odds of beating her in a general, I think, are actually higher than probably most of you winning the primary, just because there'll be more candidates in that. I mean, if at this point in time, given Biden's health, if Trump at any point decides, I can't do it, or let's face it, he's pushing 80, right? Health gets in the way any day for anybody. Your, your name could be Donald Trump. Your name could be Donald Jones. You are one, I've fallen and I can't get up. Where's my life alert away at 78 from shutting life down to what you're used to. We're doing at 58 and 68, right? That's just gravity, man. That's just the ways of the universe. Okay. Something short of that age, finally stepping in, um, uh, somebody in the family, like we can't do this to ourselves again. It'll it short of that. The, this guy's going to block you from the opportunity for the closest thing you could probably get. I mean, listen, just being on the ballot, she gets 40-something percent of the popular vote, right? Just being on the ballot, she gets, what, 150, 180 electoral college votes just because of the balkanization yeah. in the country, right? But given the balkanization in the country, she's about the closest thing you're going to come up with as a layup politically, and I don't just mean this in the Willie Brown sense of the term, okay? <laughs> I mean, if you can't beat that, there ain't enough voter fraud in America, folks. No, there's not. I'm sure, th- but they, and they will have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I mean, they're going to have to go back, pardon the pun, for sloppy seconds of, of, of mail-in ballots. We'll be doing mail-in dumps there in, uh, in Milwaukee County at Thanksgiving. We found more. She still trails, but the voting's not over yet, okay? That's not. If that's happening, if that is happening... Never mind. It's going to happen because it's the worst. There you go. You buried the lead. The worst outcome to everything is what happens. That's what's going to happen. You know what? You want to know what the worst outcome is? Let me tell you what the worst outcome is. Worst outcome. I shouldn't even say it. You know what? I'm going to say it out loud so that it won't happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I say it today on June 8th, this won't occur. Trump runs again. No one else runs. He completely stymies and thwarts. Anybody else that everybody's all excited about, Ron DeSantis, from ever get, from ever getting in the race, okay? But like puts DeSantis on his ticket, and then suddenly age or something creeps in. Now he starts getting forgetful. He starts behaving like he's eighty. Biden resigns. Kamala becomes the nominee, and loses to Kamala Harris. With DeSantis on the ticket, I'm done. Are you kidding me? Is that the worst? That's so like the worst on the that could left happen. Is now dementia on the right, and their beards have grown, grown longer overnight. Is that what you're saying? That's the that's the worst outcome that occur could occur here. Which means bet your house. That's your best outcome. That's the worst. That's the worst. That's a the worst realistic outcome. Okay, I mean, like the worst outcome is like a meteor. The worst realistic outcome is probably that. You are hanging on by a very thin thread, my friend. Is, and I is, dig that about you. Is the is the worst outcome a meteor, though? I don't know, dude. This I I don't know. Because back in twenty sixteen, let's ask the birthing people what they think. Yeah. They've got intuition or something, right? This world is so stupid. Well, I mean, it, it's just the Trafalgar poll, the splits of that poll. I mean, this isn't this isn't reconcilable, okay? I mean, the amounts of Democrats um, compared to Republicans who think your way, your children, which are neither victims of or vectors for this virus, at any statistic, statistically significant number, should be experimented upon in order to frankly be experimented upon. That's why that that's what they do in most of the schools. They just experiment on them with psyops, socioeconomically, philosophically, they're going to experiment on them, but you have to get pre-experiment. It's like a is this like a PSL in sports, you have to buy the license to buy your seat. You have to be injected with an experimental substance in order to then show up in person to be then experimented upon mentally morally and spiritually right that seems to be nailed it the process here yeah you have to take the experiment to find out what the experiment is yes indeed yes um the joe manchin thing cracks me up because he could never hold any position of leadership in the democratic party has no chance but he's the closest thing that their party can produce to a Mitch McConnell. Somebody who just has nothing, no other plumb line other than their own survival as an entity. 
right? And uh, folks, he represents a state that the, the Democrats have not won a precinct in. Forget counties. A precinct in a presidential election since 2008. They haven't won a single precinct. The things that make up the counties. If Joe Manchin votes for the Democrats for Evs Act, frankly, we've talked about Ron DeSantis's level of security. They're gonna look at him like he needed killing. Okay, that can't that 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 dog ain't not gonna hunt, ain't gonna breathe, ain't gonna be able to leave its home. That ain't happening, and he knows that. He's dead, dead. Okay. Dead, dead, and no, Loki doesn't pick up the Tesseract in an alternative timeline and live on. He's dead, dead politically. So this isn't anything other than Joe Manchin operates on nothing other than his own survival. This used to not be a unique phenomenon between Republicans and Democrats, but it used to actually be very common within both sides' ranks. It's just not very common any longer amongst the Democratic Party because it's not really a political party. It is a cult. Steve, you say a lot of things are a cult these days. Yep. Okay. I mean, Water, I th- water's wet. <laughs> yes. I think your, your, your point of emphasis is mis- misdirected. It's not the fact that we're calling so many things cults. It's the fact that so many things are. That's the problem. It's not whether we're using that term too much. It's whether it's, it's, it's too often applied and necessary. That's really the issue. Okay. But that's, I mean, there, there, there is almost no, there is almost no like survival mechanism within the Democratic Party in a traditional political sense. And so they're all losing their mind over Joe Manchin. When in reality, this is the only way he could possibly continue to survive as an official. Now, now understand in a state like West Virginia, most of your Republicans are Democrats too. They just can't go under that banner because then they can't win, right? So they just invade and infiltrate and infest the Republican Party in a state like that too, which is why West Virginia is not as red as, say, a California is blue. This phenomenon exists in a lot of these deep red states. Unless they have a governor that is thinking about running for president and he keeps seeing what Ron DeSantis is doing and then decides, coast is clear, like three weeks later, comes out of his Austin, Texas spider hole and does the exact same thing like Greg Abbott. All right. So unless it's somebody like that, okay, we, we don't really have a process for making red states as red as blue states are blue, which is probably the number one thing politically we need to change, frankly. So a lot of your so-called Republicans in West Virginia are just really Democrats. They just, they're not getting elected to office. You know, they're not getting the votes of the wonderful whites uh, running as a D that ain't happening. So they got to put the R and then just govern as D's and call themselves R and just keep getting reelected. Manchin, I'll at least give credit just be, for being a flat out D, but then he can't remain in office. What they're really mad about with Joe Manchin is that he just cares about himself more than the democratic party. So in many respects, Joe Manchin already is a Republican thoughts. That's it. <laughs> Just hasn't made it official. <laughs> right. 
I mean, to go back to your point about the cult, look at we have in Aaron's montage, we have a highly paid member, uh, minority member of the media who, who says the sign of American flags around Memorial Day is a symbol of tyranny. What what is that if not a cult? The mind that embraces that as a truism, which she pleads I mean, with the, the people the, she's the innocent talk- explanation she's not a cult she's just a hostile invading force or that okay 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 that's, that's talk the, to me that's, that's the innocent alternative <laughs> i know explanation it's not a cult just a hostile invading force <laughs> let's be clear here yeah, i mean so they're sober-minded they just hate you yes that's that's what i got yeah they just hate you a lot of the things you think about that we talk about in this show or you see out in your real life you should end with that because that might spur you to action in a way that none of the other excuses you have do. I didn't connect this dot back in the montage. You kind of did on Twitter this morning, Steve. The, uh, the video at the end of the montage of New Yorkers who are vaccinated yet still wearing a mask. I don't know if anybody caught this. Those people are the 26.8% of respondents, Democrat respondents, hmm. in the Trafalgar Group poll that says, secondarily to parents, the federal government, not the local school board or state government, the federal government should be the one deciding whether your kids get the vaccine. Is that bad? It's pretty bad. I think it's bad. Dr. Marty McCari from Johns Hopkins will join us. Talking COVID, Stan and Fauci next. All right, it's time for the verdict. The new Built Bar birthday cake specialty flavor. I brought one in yesterday and let Todd try it. Now, just to let everybody know, as much as I love Built Bar, birthday cake is not a go-to flavor for me, like, in general. Um, I am the ugly American, so you know I prefer Taco Bell to authentic Mexican food. I prefer Stovetop to your homemade stuffing at Thanksgiving. And I like Costco white trash cake more than the fancy, you know, cakes with the butter frosting, because I really prefer, like, the whipped frosting we just buy for a buck, buck oh nine on the store shelves over the butter, fancy butter frosting, and that's what Costco uses. So maybe I'm not the ugly American. Maybe I'm just white trash. Is that possible? I could just be that. Fair enough. Fair enough, and, 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 and I'll own that, as a matter of fact, okay? So Built Bar is out with the birthday cake flavor. Not a go-to for me. I gotta tell you, though, I think it's phenomenal. You tried it, and it can, you can even taste like butter cake frosting texture, in there, but you tried it. This is a, a go-to flavor for you, Todd. So what do you think? Well, it wasn't so much a go-to flavor. I like birthday cake, but the, it's not anybody's like, there's no birthday cake product other than actual birthday cake that people like. Yeah, reclamating it's hard. You know, yeah. And I just thought, you guys have had so much success. Why are you just spitting in the wind like this? And you got, you did it. You, you magnificent SOBs, you did it again. <laughs> you put that thing down in about two and a half bites, I saw, yeah. without hesitation. When I brought it in yesterday. So if you want to try the new built bar flavor of birthday cake, or there's another one coming called grasshopper cookie that I don't think they have formally announced yet that they've let me sample. That is phenomenal. 
Okay. Um, get 15% off. It's the best protein bar you have ever had. Low carb, low sugar, low calorie fits into all three of those healthy lifestyles and all three of them at the exact same time. In fact, I mean, the bar I gave you yesterday is 150 calories. That is it. All right. So 15% off when you go to builtbar.com, B U I L T, builtbar.com. Use my last name, Dace, as your promo code to get 15% off today at builtbar.com. The name of the book is The Price We Pay, What Broke American Healthcare and How to Fix It. Dr. Marty McCary uh, from Johns Hopkins University is the author, and he's also no friend of Fauci's, which means he is welcome here anytime. Marty, it is good to have you with us. How are you? Good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. So, Marty, I want to, before we get before we get into the book, I read something from you at, over at the Wall Street Journal about three months ago. Looking at uh, some of the trend uh, trend lines with both natural uh, immunity, vaccination efforts, things of that nature, where you boldly predicted you thought the country was on the brink of hitting a herd immunity threshold, if I remember correctly, and and kind of politely, you've been a little less, a little bit more direct recently. I've seen, and he has certainly deserved it. But initially, I thought it was kind of a polite. Hey, question of, of Anthony Fauci, why aren't we factoring natural immunity into any of our herd immunity calculations? And now, lo and behold, since Rochelle Walensky over there at CDC had a had an ominous feeling about the future, we've seen cases go down in America collectively about 80% since she issued that warning. So, so Marty, have we hit our herd immunity threshold here in the States? Yes, we're doing really well. You know, 80 to 85 percent of adults in the United States today have immunity, and that's 64 percent have had a vaccination, and half of the unvaccinated have natural immunity from prior infection, something our medical leaders have ignored throughout. And, you know, I reached out to Dr. Fauci, and I told him, you know, I, I respect his work in the past with HIV, but I've just disagreed with him on almost every single thing in the pandemic, except he was a little helpful getting people to wear masks in the, in the middle of it. But otherwise, uh, there's been so many missteps. It's really frustrating. What is the reason that na- there's a study out from the Cleveland Clinic today? They looked at, I think, over 5,000 uh, person sample that found those with vaccinated immunity had the same reinfection rates as those with natural immunity. So, you know, obviously very low. What what has been what is because I'm a I'm a political guy. All right. I'm an activist. I've worked on campaigns. Um, you're a medical guy. All right. So. I, I'm going to defer to you on medical science, but political science is what I do. And so when I read all of what you guys have done on medical science before COVID, the only answer I can come up with about why people like Fauci want to continue to ignore natural immunity is it doesn't seem to be your medical scientific precedent. So I kind of go to maybe we're in my field now. We're doing political science. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's two reasons why natural immunity has been ignored. One is the old guard establishment. And by the way, it wouldn't be bad to have some young people in public health. You know, it seems like almost everybody is over age 75 calling the shots. I'm not sure how such a small group of people who think alike got to make all the decisions here. But, you know, I think younger folks are generally more practical and they're more open to observational data. We have not seen reinfections. We have really not seen reinfections at any appreciable degree. And anyone who's gotten reinfected after having the infection and had a serious problem, like a serious illness or died, is so rare, it's almost been a case report. Now, younger folks would say, look at that, natural immunity appears to work. The old guard establishment will say, 
We don't have any formal data in a randomized trial published in one of our journals that one of their friends edits. And you're right, the Cleveland Clinic study actually, let me give you the biggest zinger in there. Out of 1,300 people who had the infection, zero developed COVID in the future. In other words, natural immunity was basically perfect. And from a Denmark study, we know it was less than six-tenths of 1%, whoever developed it long-term. And the study out of Washington University that came out two weeks ago showed that from bone marrow biopsies, the immunity is probably lifelong. Natural mm. immunity is long-lasting. And I'll go through all these studies in a, in a piece I'm posting tomorrow in the Wall Street Journal. Is it possible, let's see if your world and mine can converge on this point. Because I've tried to come up with innocent explanations for this phenomenon of ignoring or dissing natural immunity at every turn. One scenario I've come up with, and if I'm dead wrong, man, by all means, slap me around and call me Shirley, okay? But one scenario I have come up with as a possibility is that was this an acknowledgement all along? They were unsure, like I saw the other day, actually it was just yesterday, Scott Gottlieb said, well, you know, actually former FDA commissioner, actually, you know, Fauci briefed some world leaders last spring that the virus may have leaked from a lab. Was this tacit admission that there was at least some possibility that this was not a naturally occurring phenomenon where we had Wuhan for luck one day at a wet market and then we saw what happened, but this is some form of modified or synthetic or engineered or adjusted by man phenomenon. And therefore, if that is the case, then maybe our previous precedents about immunology, virology, et cetera, may not apply as 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 we would in, in similar instances. And so we had to wait and see more real time data about the behavior of this virus in a real time setting. Is that a possible explanation for this? Look, I think if um you funded the Wuhan Virology Institute to mess around with coronaviruses, you probably would not be talking about that much during the pandemic either. And I think basically uh, there was sort of this um, denial of what was the obvious thing. And I said on Fox News in April of last year at the beginning of the pandemic that it was an infected lab worker who was patient zero and went to the local hospital five miles away. You know, all these politicians right now are grandstanding talking about we demand a full investigation. What else are you going to learn? Okay, there's nothing else out there. Those samples from Wuhan, from the lab, have probably been denatured, incinerated, flushed down the toilet, and everyone's sworn to have nothing to you know, ever speak about it. Uh, if there is an investigation, I think at the center of that investigation are going to be two articles, one in 2015 and one in 2017, published in Nature and PLOS collectively, where the researchers basically said we did gain a function and we'd like to thank the NIH for funding our project and here's the grant number. Mm. That's gonna be hard to defend. Your institution, Johns Hopkins, was one of those I read that recommended the Obama administration that they cease permitting this kind, this gain-of-function research that we're hearing so much about, and they did so. They issued that order, I believe, in 2014. Explain to our audience as, as best you can in layman's terms, Marty. What is it and why is it so precarious? So what you're trying to do is supercharge a virus. And some might argue, like Dr. Fauci has in numerous lectures on tape now that are all coming out, that it can be of value to do that in order to develop therapeutics or a vaccine in anticipation 
anticipation of a future pandemic. And others of us have said, wait a minute, you start messing with mother nature to supercharge the virus, you will create a pandemic. At least that's a risk. And I think that's been the debate. Just like in politics, you have two sides of an issue. In medicine, we've got two sides on gain and function, those opposed and those pro. And clearly, Dr. Fauci was out there promoting the value of doing it in certain circumstances. What's the next six months look like? Good. I think we're going to see uh, numbers that are going to look phenomenal across the board. We're, the virus is going to continue to circulate at low levels. We might have 500 to 5,000 cases a day, most asymptomatic, and it'll be mostly in younger folks, those who are unvaccinated. You're going to see a couple outbreaks. It may be in a daycare center or in a pocket of the country where there's a community with very low vaccination and natural immunity rates, don't be alarmed, okay? There's gonna be a lot of fear mongering through the fall. It's probably gonna affect a lot of consumer confidence going into the fall. Uh, we gotta remember that so far, no variant and no infection has evaded the life-protecting effect of vaccines or natural immunity to any appreciable level. We gotta be vigilant, but right now, we've gotta start moving on to treat other public health problems and, and infections in the community, not COVID. So let's have a broader conversation and let's get into the book. You, your subtitle is What Broke American Healthcare and How to Fix It. What did break American healthcare in your view, Marty? Well, the fundamental problem in healthcare is we have non-competitive markets. And when they get frothy and wasteful and people start throwing good money after bad into those markets, making a lot of middlemen rich, guess what? The costs spiral out of control and those stakeholders defend their positions. We cannot rely on the government to fix healthcare. Government talks about legislation as the holy grail of healthcare. It will never be legislation. It's changing healthcare from the ground up. And that's what's happening by medical innovators and entrepreneurs, doctors and nurses who are redesigning care. And it's exciting, Steve, and I really love seeing it. And I was privileged to tell their story. You know, maybe we've got to look at our whole system and recognize it's broken from pricing failures and too much medical care. That's the bottom line. That's sort of the business of medicine 101. Do you think, Marty, there's a distinction between sick care and health care? For example, my own story. Over the last decade, I've lost over 100 pounds the old-fashioned way, okay? Um, so I've gone from morbidly obese to doughy. And, uh, but, but if you, the number one indicator for weakness, to corona, for weakness for COVID-19 was, mor was morbid obesity, I believe. What was the study? Something of over 80% of hospitalizations were people? Yeah. Yep, yeah, okay. Well, we can't, we can't talk about that, Steve, because it would be fat shaming if we identified obesity right. as a risk factor. Right, but but you know we we didn't encourage people a lot of times to even even alone. Michigan said don't go out and garden in your own home by yourself. So don't go get sun. Uh, you know in Nevada, I couldn't play basketball at a park until seven weeks ago yesterday outside, but I could go indoors in a casino, remove my mask, inhale a carcinogen, blow it into the air, put my mask back on. I could do that for six or seven months. How much of our emphasis and and our failure here? is predicated around a sick care as opposed to a healthcare system, if you know what I'm saying. Where, where is well, preventativeness? 
Well, I think the term preventive medicine has a bad rap because people think of when do you start getting mammograms? And that's really not the movement right now to redesign healthcare. The movement that is redesigning healthcare that is winning, that people need to pay attention to and sign up for is the movement that says, maybe we need to treat more diabetes with cooking classes than just throwing insulin at people. Mm. And maybe we need to treat more high blood pressure by talking about sleep and stress than just throwing antihypertensives at people. And maybe back pain can be better treated with ice and physical therapy sometimes than just surgery and opioids. These are the issues. Food as medicine, low inflammatory foods, addressing environmental exposures that cause cancer instead of just chemotherapy and discovering more meds to throw at people with cancer. This is the effort and it's it ranges from school lunches as the approach rather than just bariatric and gastric bypass surgery, all the way up to how employers buy their health care and pro can promote good relationship-based medicine with direct primary care. Name of the book, The Price We Pay, What Broke American Healthcare and How to Fix It. Dr. Marty McCary uh, from Johns Hopkins University. Look forward to that upcoming column in the Wall Street Journal. By the way, he has written some really good stuff recently on herd immunity data, natural immunity, uh, and vaccination immunity, and all that good stuff. Marty, thank you for joining us today on the show. All right, take care. Thanks so much, Stephen. Thanks for your work as well. Yeah, you bet. Take care, man. God bless. Appreciate it. Um, Marty's segment on the show here brought to you by our friends. Speaking of more preventative natural remedies, how about Omega XL? This is what I take back by 35 years of clinical research every day to battle inflammation. It's kind of my post-workout recovery. The guys will tell you they don't hear me come in uh, a lot of days anymore uh, complaining and moaning about I'm sore with this and sore with that. Today was even leg day. You guys didn't even know that, did you? It was even leg day today. Didn't come in, didn't say a word. Why? Because I use products like this. And if you're, now if you got an injury, like Todd, you had that with your back last week, go see a doctor, go get a, an injury treated. But if you're dealing with something chronic, that's usually inflammation, that's that nagging stiffness, uh, achiness, soreness in certain sensitive areas like the knee, shoulder, backs, or your, you only have one back, I'm guessing, uh, or your hip flexor, if you're me. Uh, that's where a product like Omega XL comes in. If you want to give it a shot right now, they're offering buy one bottle, get one for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or give them a call at 800-844-4888. Aaron, I'm curious your thoughts on this conversation as somebody married to a nurse working in the healthcare system. Yeah, and, and she's not in a bedside role anymore. She's more of a kind of an, it, she's got a better view, an overview. She's an inpatient care coordinator. And the thing, one of the things that I hear the most after a long, hard day is just how broken things are. Just the illogical way in which resources are used. And it is, it does boil down to the sick care thing. I mean, the, the, the number of folks who, um, okay, see ya, you're fixed for now, you feel better for now, but we know are going to be in in a week, a month, um, if not just a little bit longer. That's, that's not, that's not health care. You're not healthy. You're, you're still sick. You're still broken. You're just kind of doing maintenance, but not preventative maintenance. The, the, the entire system, um, the entire system is, is broken and the way things are taught are broken. And um, yeah, that's that's something that definitely resonates. And, and I hear about that a lot firsthand. We'll come back hour two. We continue our look on fake news or not going through our best selling book, Fauci and Bargain, with the Wuhan lab chapter. Some serendipitous timing there. We'll get into that here next. Next. 
Back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. All of you, let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. That's Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the show, D-E-A-C-E. Also look for us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor Gab. Look for me, Steve Dace, there. Follow me on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show, go to Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. We're also looking for you if you're a podcast listener and you haven't done these things please smash that subscribe button for us don't like literally smash it it's an expression uh all it means to aggressively click uh and then also leave us a five-star review if you haven't done those things for us already please do so and thank you to the multitudes of you who have i am remiss we ran out of time uh to get to this uh in the uh, opening segment of the show but i i need to mention it now i don't have unfortunately because of what it takes to put this show together, and I need a life. I don't have a lot of time uh, to sample long form a lot of my colleagues here in conservative media. Uh, um, even a lot of the people I work with here at The Blaze, I, I kind of keep up on what a lot of our colleagues, peers, and friends are doing via social media interactions. And then if I see something I definitely think is worth my time long form, I can then kind of filter out and, and devote the time to it. But between family and then there, mentally I have to get away from this with other pursuits just to um, not go crazy and end up on a water tower with a high-powered rifle <laughs> or or a, a postal uniform that says disgruntled as a name tag. All right, I, I got to do frivolous things like play some MLB The Show, uh, look at college football mag preview mags just to be a guy named Steve every now and then, okay? But we made an announcement today that um, I'm going to make the time to 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 be a consumer of this content our new friend jason whitlock this has been much rumored it is official today he is joining blaze media uh he's already here as uh, writing for us but he's going to start a new daily program in july uh we've uh even built a new office uh in nashville where jason lives which gives us an excuse to go down there because we'd all Love that place. Um, but I'm I am beyond excited about this. Because dude gives zero, and I mean zero. Dude, zero isn't a kind enough, adequate enough number. Think of all the the highest negative integer that you can you can fathom. And that is how many F's Jason Whitlock gives. Okay. And I'm in. I'm, I'm, I, I know all three of us to varying degrees are very excited about this. But the column, and Aaron, you referenced it today in your montage. The column that he wrote, um, it's going to be linked up here today on all my social media networks. The column Jason wrote announcing this. And just the history lesson and the, and the philosophy and the things that he put, put in there. It's just cash money, man. I mean, I, I am, I'm looking forward to this. Hey, man. This is not a guy that's going to fire squirt guns or spitballs at the spirit of the age. Dude is coming heavily armed, and that's why I tweeted at him earlier today. Just remember, brother, no wasted ammo. Aaron, you have any thoughts? 
I can't wait for this. And and honestly, I know I've said privately, uh, the the market, the market. We we talk about where is the market for truth. If a show like ours can't find that out eventually, ultimately, for whatever reason, um, I, I think a program and, and a personality like Jason will be able to. And I'll leave it at that. I think this has the chance to really make not just waves within conservative circles, what's uh, left of America. I, I think this thing of any new venture um, announced over the last maybe year, year and a half or so, I think of of all of those, I, I think this one has the biggest chance to make a real, real difference. So I'm very excited about Makes that. you really, really proud to work at the blaze because in his column he i'm paraphrasing him but he basically said i was looking for a place to work where every single day uh without getting side-eyed i could let the lion out of its cage Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i came to the blaze to do that and they said hell yeah let's do this so cool now now jason is going to lead uh with his faith and he's going to play the jesus card promptly uh so therefore Thoughts and prayers to the Blaze Media social media team. On the one hand, you all were, you're, you're all are, we, we can't afford to lay any of you off, I'm guessing. You're all going to be needed. Uh, things were difficult enough between Crowder, Daniel Horowitz, who make this show, which is, are we still in that one site who will not be named detention? I don't even know. No, should have at least two minutes of today's show up there today. <laughs> You think if, I'm being a... Uh, I, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy from Johns Hopkins is is not uh, is, is is not smart enough for the uh, the algorithm engineers over no. at that site who will not be named. But if you were concerned, man, I just don't know if there's going to be enough work around here. And if my if I could get late, nope, nope, nope. Adding Jason Whitlock, if you thoughts and prayers to the social media team over at the Blaze. Really hope you all love those conversations with Facebook fact checkers and the and everybody's uh, science teams and unaccountable and non-disclosed accountability systems. In fact, you guys, you might be looking at some overtime, I would guess. You're going to be really busy in the social media department uh, here beginning in July, even busier than you currently are here at Blaze Media. All right, let's get to fake news or not. Brought to you by a brand new partner to the program, Hartford Gold. You know, I'm sure... Uh, I'm not the only one that has noticed the state of things are changing economically. We're now talking about what five percent inflation. That's what that's what the Biden administration is owning up to. That we we could be looking at a five percent rise in inflation. If that's what they're owning up to, then what are we really looking at? Well, one thing we know we're looking at highest inflationary increase in food and energy prices since 1982. That's more than a decade before Aaron, our producer, who is now officially dubbed legendary, <laughs> according to the Mucky Mucks here at The Blaze. Uh, that is a decade before this legend was born. Okay. Um, and the spending ain't going away anytime soon. That's why now more than ever, it is recommended to diversify with gold and silver. And the gold company you can trust is American Hartford Gold. They sell physical gold and silver delivered right to your door. Or inside of your IRA, and they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country. 
with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. You call them right now, they'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. They'll add on $1,500 of free silver on your first order. Don't wait. Call them now at 866-959-3011. Again, that's 866 866- 959-3011 or if you want to make it even simpler text Steve my first name text Steve to 65532 text Steve to 65532 all right let's get to fake news or not we are continuing our look and series through our best-selling book Fauci and Bargain the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history we did not plan it this way we had, when we began this series I mean think back to when we start this series now we're in the second month of it well, we're in chapter seven plus a conclusion, so two months, yeah. When we started this series two months ago, if I would have told you that we would openly now be discussing, openly, I mean, it was just a couple of weeks ago that we were discussing this in the show on co- in code, yeah. all right, of yeah. kind of dancing around to the topic, yes. but that we would openly and blatantly in every major media sector in the West now be openly discussing the idea that the virus at the very least didn't come from a wet market, but leaked from that lab and therefore might even be synthetic, might have been originated in that lab, man-made. If I'd have told you, if we would have predicted this when we started this series, would you have believed? No. And yet here we are. And here right? we are. So the timing is fortuitous. The chapter we're looking at this week for fake news or not is the chapter titled The Wuhan Lab. Can I give a little brief preamble about this chapter? Before I hand it over to you. When we wrote this book, I spent the most amount of time Um, being very, very specific and circumspect about how this chapter was written. It was your idea uh, to make sure we had a chapter on the lab in the book. And I thought it was the right one. It was the one I was also the most afraid of because it was the most uh, prone to conjecture. And I was concerned that we would come up with stuff that we probably thought was true and maybe one day would be proven so, but but the 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 Overton window hasn't gone there yet and might end up discrediting the entire book. So we, well, me, because um, I wrote this chapter, I, I man, I, I mean, I did a slow dance in this chapter. We didn't do any break dancing, you know, we didn't, uh, I mean, we, this we did this. This was a very conservative chapter. It's written for breadcrumbs. We left a few breadcrumbs out there anticipating these things may eventually come out at some point. We had no idea that they would come out before the book even finished right. its run. And yet here we are, Todd. Which is why the way I'm starting this is why I'm starting this. Is it addresses exactly what you're talking about. Fake news or not, Stephen. By the way, double-sided today. I mean, Todd brought the receipts embarrass today. Of, embarrassment of riches. We're never going to get through it. Uh, fake news or not, Steve, this is clearly our most out-of-date chapter at this point. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I would... I, probably. Although there, a lot of what is in that chapter is just now being confirmed now. You could argue, is it this or the masks? That's a I question. think it's definitely this. You think it's definitely this? Which one do you think is, Aaron? Is it this or the mask that's the most outdated chapter? I now? think it's actually this one now. Okay, so you both think it's this one. Then I'll defer to the I, two of you. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say that the Wuhan lab narrative is more mainstream than masks don't work. Okay. Well, okay. All right. So you guys are now saying, therefore, that the, the, the Overton window has gone past 
where we parked it in the book is what you're well, saying. Well, speaks to we ha- Which ha- I'm we, all for. We Frankly, had, I'd like that yeah. to happen with every damn right. chapter in the book, actually. That's why we wrote the book, Listen, was to move it, move the ball down that way. We don't need to be, we need to be careful, but you, what you said about how careful we need to be with this chapter, that, that you know, that, that we're not taking risks talking about it now currently in ways we were before. Right. We weren't taking any risk talking about masks before. That had been... We, we had so nailed that and had for quite some time here. Okay. All right. Then I will get, grant you that, that that is true news then. Fake news or can not. I, can I give you a counter question? Yeah. What do you think it means then? Because, I mean, we were part of a ragtag group of people from the very beginning on the cutting edge of pushing back against this, right? And this book is basically a compilation of all our work updated with the latest data mm-hmm. through March 1st when we had to finish the manuscript, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you think it means then that the chapter that we went into this the most cautious about ends up being the first one that we think is actually been rendered obsolete by how far the debate has advanced beyond where it was when the book came out? What do you think that means? The most likely answer to me at this point is still just massive damage control. It, I, I wish I could be more. And that may lead to some a more optimistic sen- assessment, but I don't think it means suddenly like a... A coming together now, uh, let us reason. We've seen the light. I think it's it's more just uh, damage control. Da- damage control demands you give a little to continue to keep things as black as possible in other areas. Mm, okay. Fake news or not, Steve, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, gain-of-function research may entail risks uh, and thus requires a risk-benefit evaluation. Based on what their own standards are now, the risks are clearly far in excess of the benefits. I think that's true news, and that's what Marty McCary was talking about last hour on the show, that what you would just, what you stand to learn from this has just as much of a risk of causing the event you claim to want to be prepared for from causing it to happen as it would actually uh, giving you preparation for it preemptively. And therefore, the risk assessment is just too high. Listen, a school like Johns Hopkins, guys, isn't in the business of not of, of, of shutting down forms of research. I mean, what's their what's their number one method of funding research, right? They're not in them over at Johns Hopkins. They're not in the business of no research. We don't want to do that. They want to research everything, right? That's where the, that's their primary funding mechanism. So when an entity that whose primary funding mechanism is, is research comes to you and says that research, maybe we should not do. I think you should, your, your, your ears should perk, you know, perk up a little bit at that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Fake news or not, Steve, Rutgers University is known for requiring all of its students to get vaccinated for a virus that doesn't hurt that age group in any meaningful statistical way after some of its scientists previously were critical of the Fauci-approved gain-of-function research. That is excellent dot connecting that you just did, that I missed I that. thought you'd like that. Well done. That is true news as well. Yes, Rutgers actually, I believe, was the first public university in the country to announce they were going to force students to be vaccinated without the faculty being forced to do so, of course. And Rutgers is who joined with, there was an alliance of institutions led by Johns Hopkins, but Rutgers was another one that was in that uh, group of institutions, that consortium that went to the Obama administration in 2014 and said, hey, you guys need to shut this research down. It's too dangerous. 
that I connected those dots because it speaks to me what you were saying for a long time about the, the notion of maybe everybody was not being honest about the obvious data because they knew it was not because they knew, knew it was synthetic. Did anybody know better than that, perhaps, than the scientists at Rutgers? That's why I wanted to ask Marty about it, because I believe if if this is a massive retcon, we have we have taken the 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 subplot of this story that was the most verboten, that was the most radioactive. I mean, Zero Hedge is a site that has a huge audience, huge audience. They got banned. For what for reporting the sorts of things that are, you know, last year, I think it was for reporting the sorts of things that now are just totally it's open season on. So this is the equivalent of all of a sudden the media like is like, yeah, let's go ahead. We'll report on all the Planned Parenthood videos. And wouldn't you question like, okay, so like we're now going to look at. Planned Parenthood openly peddling baby parts on camera, and that's going to be on 60 Minutes this week. We're going to openly... Wouldn't you be a little suspicious of what's the what's the reason for we're, we're now able to go there, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the subplot of this story that from the beginning has been the most toxic, the most radioactive, the most verboten, and has robbed more people of their platforms than any other until we've now reached the vaccination issue, is now suddenly the place where you're the most able to radically push the envelope. Why? And I think the answer to that, the most likely answer to that, is they need they need an explanation for why they engaged in all these failed mitigation efforts and why they may try them again. And the explanation is we weren't up against a natural phenomenon and if the Chinese are going to put the people in their bioweapons industry in charge of the, the, the virology labs, we, who knows how many of these we'll get, which means every time there's one of these, we may have to do this exact playbook again because we're no longer dealing with natural phenomenon. That, to me, if I'm, if I'm Gavin Newsom and I face a recall later this year, if I'm Gretchen Whitmer and my poll numbers have imploded and I'm up for re-election next year, if I'm these governors... Hell, if I'm the Biden administration in a couple of years, if I'm Democrats next year trying to retain both houses of Congress, I need an explanation. If I'm Mike DeWine in Ohio, a few Republicans need an explanation. Something that that doesn't, and the explanation's never going to be, we just totally blew it, guys. Okay? Hell, if I'm Donald Trump and I want to run for president again. What's the best explanation for why I just panicked and went with all these solutions that have proven to be terrible decisions? At least he can say, yeah. Trump is, the, of all the people I just mentioned who need a political origin retcon here, he's the one who can at least say, why, well, I told you from the beginning it came from a lab. You see, yeah. he could at least plausibly connect a dot or two. Yeah. It would it'd be still BS, but it's a at least it's a believable variant, to borrow a pun, because at least he could say, I questioned from the beginning the origins of the virus. I was pilloried for it. I was mocked for it. And now you know why we did some of these things, because we weren't sure what we were up against. He could, tr- Gretchen Whitmer may try that a year from now. How believable is that going to be? No. When she was appearing with Fauci bed pillows right. on TV. Right. All right. But, but they need something. They need some story. That to me, so to me, the most likely 
option of why suddenly we can go to the mattresses on the story that before we couldn't even dare touch is because it's it's being set up for the explanation for why we they shouldn't be held to blame for all of these failed policies uh, because they were doing whatever they could do against the China virus. And everybody knows you can't trust China. Fake news or not, Steve, there is no clear reason given at this point for why Obama had gain-of-function research suspended in 2014 and why it picked up again in 2017 after Obama was out of office and Trump was in. As far as I know, this is true news. We were unable to find what the impetus for... And you know what? Man, I wish I'd remembered to ask Marty McCary about that last hour, if he knew. Because when we looked at this for the book, all we know is it just began again in early 2017. We could not find any specific impetus for it. So who knows? Maybe there is one. We just, it hasn't been disclosed. It could also be that Fauci's department just figured with the transition of a new administration, it would be lost in the, in the bureaucratic, you know, Red Sea. And they could just, you know, uh, go back and get their freak on. And they would have gotten away with it except for when the virus leaked from the lab and shut the world down. Fake news or not, Steve, the press believes using the wrong pronouns is more dangerous to civilization than the Chinese head of bioweapons taking over the Wuhan (laughs) Institute of Virology and destroying evidence. That is such a snotty question, and I love it. That is so snotty. I'm here for you. That is absolutely also true news, yes. So they, but they, I, that they your pronoun, they, your, your your misplaced pronouns is more dangerous than the fact the former head of the Chinese bioweapons program was put in charge of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Yes. And again, it, that's I don't want to get it documented destroying of evidence. We don't know necessarily that what Marty's, that is. Ev- yes. That was Marty's yes. point last hour. Yes. Interesting though, he did say so. If we're going to have a tribunal, he put it actually on. He didn't say this. But really, what I to me, the translation, the Google Translate of what Marty said last hour was, well, if you're going to really have a tribunal, you have to investigate Fauci. Mm-hmm. All right. And because he, he, he and he threw all the breadcrumbs out there. And we've mentioned him before recently, too, about the speeches that he's given in favor of gain of function, because ultimately the, the any direct material evidence, the Shycoms got rid of that long ago. Steve, fake news or not, natural transmission of COVID requires you to believe an animal traveled 1,000 miles from its habitat without infecting anybody before arriving in Wuhan, home of the only lab working on that virus in China, while, while arriving there 10 to 20 times more infectious than any previous virus occurring in nature. Well, when you put it, like that it seems pretty dumb doesn't it yes and yet until about 10 minutes ago this was the only theory we were allowed to posit about where the virus came from right yes all are like sheep and easily led astray that again is very true news I want you to repeat what you just said. Can you do that again? Yes. Because I want the, I want folks, this is what he just gave you was like, if you go and watch the, the, um, Oh, who's the controversial filmmaker misplaced his name, JFK platoon. Who am I thinking of? Born on the 4th of July. Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Thank you. Oliver Stone's JFK. I don't know how much of that is true. 
and I was a big JFK conspiracy mm-hmm. buff as a kid. Um, the the Joe Pesci's performance as the as the informant at the beginning. I, I don't know how much of that stuff is true. I don't know. It's great theater, right? Mm-hmm. How, who knows how much of his dot connecting is true, but it's great theater. The one thing that is categorically true and, and empirically true is the way that the magic bullet, the so-called magic mm-hmm. bullet theory that the Warren Commission used to, to pin this on Oswald, that is right out of the Warren Commission report. The things, the assumptions you have to believe in order to, to accept this um, are incredulous, right? Yeah. And when, you're, when the magic bullet theory is really laid out for you, it's like, who would believe this? I mean, Earl Warren was the chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. Clearly, he doesn't believe this. They just needed to proffer an explanation uh, that could move the country mm-hmm. on from such a terrible tragedy, mm-hmm. right? That's what it sounds like when you read what you just did. What Todd just shared with you is what you have to believe to believe that the virus has a natural origin and it's the it's the origin story that we were all told for the last year plus until recently we all had to believe natural transmission of covid requires you to believe that an animal traveled 1000 miles away from its natural habitat without infecting anybody before arriving in wuhan which just happens to be the home of the only lab working on that virus in china while arriving there in Wuhan 10 to 20 times more infectious than any previous virus of occurring in nature. That's brilliant, man. It's all true, by the way. Fake news or not, Steve, the WHO is a criminal syndicate. Uh, <laughs> these are the best questions ever. Uh, that would be true news, Todd. Yes. You stay classy over there, San Diego. I like these. There's a very Ron Burgundy tone to these questions. Yes, I like it. Fake news or not, Steve, the New York Times printed that China's, quote, successes dealing with the pandemic were because of its, quote, authoritarian capacity to quickly mobilize people and resources. That's that is freaking 100 percent true. It's a direct quote. We directly quoted that in this chapter. That is exactly that's exactly verbatim. What the New York Times said, its authoritarian capacity allowed them to do whatever they wanted to their people and therefore save them as a messianic state. Yes, that is absolutely true. And lastly, fake news or not, Steve, the U.S. Department of Public Health refused to voluntarily respond to requests for documents about its relationship with the WHO post-COVID as far back as April 2020 until a lawsuit triggered their release almost a year later after the request. Yeah, that's the lawsuit from the Daily Caller. And um, So we weren't all in this together, Steve? No, no, we've not all been in this together from the beginning. Okay. I get it, man. There are plenty of days I come in here, I'm like, you know what, man, I just need to make a point. You came in today with that mindset, right? Just some some ordinance needs to be laid down. Some points need to be made. I thought you'd like it. And some people need to pay, right? Still harshly. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. Aaron, what'd you think of that conversation? You know, I usually don't have to say this about Todd, but I thought thought he was parsing um, his words, the, the points that he was trying to make through his questions... Um, too much nuance. There's a little bit too much, too much nuance for my taste, Todd. So maybe, 
maybe bring it a little bit stronger uh, tomorrow, um, my friends. Uh, no. It is fascinating. I, I said this yesterday during our uh, Monday town hall, examining the, the clips from Dr. Peter McCullough from Texas, Baylor University. I, I said this then. What ticks me off probably the most when memory holding, which I'll get into in a little bit, gaslighting, when memory holding is so effective, even I, not that I'm any more special, I just get paid in part to follow this stuff very carefully. Try to remember this stuff very carefully because then we can have the recall ability. It just makes a better show if all three of us are informed to the best of our abilities. It pisses me off, quite frankly, at myself and at the people responsible when things are memory hold so effectively that even I forget them. That Surgisphere story regarding the fake paper submitted to, uh, was it JAMA or the Lancet? Lancet. About uh, the use of hydroxychloroquine, implying that it was dangerous to use, which then derailed a, a randomized control study, I think, that the NIH had set up for this. And then we got into it. Cost people lives. And nobody asks any questions mm-hmm. about it. It's just like it mm-hmm. never happened. I hear you. The Wuhan lab narrative. Um, the fact that people were getting pilloried, were getting banned, were getting hit with strikes, were getting hit with all sorts of conspiratorial nonsense, to which Peter Jashek of EcoHealth Alliance still calls it a conspiracy. Oh, that, that never happened. This has been mainstream. It's always been mainstream. I don't have words for it. It's evil. Evil's a good word for it. All right, so we've been telling you about Rough Greens for a while here on the program. This is that little supplement powder. Uh, that has all the good stuff taken out of your pet's food for mass distribution and, and production. Uh, the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, etc. Same thing happens to us with the food we eat. That's why we take so many supplements these days. Well, now your pet has one. It's called Rough Greens. In fact, I was leaving today. I told uh, Noah, hey, I've, I, I didn't have a chance to put Rough Greens in the dog's dish. So when I fed him this morning, uh, I forgot. So if he doesn't eat his food... Just mix the rough greens in there because then you'll know he eats it. Now, maybe you don't know, though, if your dog will like this powder when it gets mixed into the food that they love. Here's one way to find out. How about we give you that 14-day Jumpstart bag, you know, the one we told you to try to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less? Well, how about we give that to you for free to find out if your pet likes it? You'll just pay for the shipping, but the bag is free uh, if you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, that's how it's spelled, for roughgreens.com, or go give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG, 833-ROUGH-DOG, or roughgreens.com. That 14-day Jumpstart bag is free for you to give it a shot. You just pay for the shipping. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And this week, we're going to be talking about a documentary, Aaron, that you originally recommended, that is airing on Netflix now called Sons of Sam. Uh, I watched this last week. I was enthralled. I mean, I I thought it was exceedingly well done. Uh, This documentary takes us back to the summer of 1977, one of the more infamous serial killings in American history, the Son of Sam murders. All right. And um, I've forgotten the gentleman's name. Bernard, um, what's his name? 
the guy, the the killer. I can't remember. Are we serious? Well, you guys got Google. Somebody David, look it up. I am. Huh? David? You mean David the David. Berkowitz. Yeah. Thank you. Hi. David Berkowitz. Holy cow. Was that a senior moment? And you're what, 27? I don't think his name was Bernard. Okay. Bernard. I had no idea. Did I watch the something wrong show? Started with a, something started with a B. All right. Bernard. Something started with a B. Anyway, I was close. <laughs> Finding a win in any situation. They got the internet on computers now. <laughs> All right. So David Berkowitz um, was convicted of several murders, basically uh, going up to uh, people in cars, uh, New York City's form of a lover's lane, and just shooting him in cold blood. Not everybody he shot was killed. In fact, one guy uh, had a bullet in his head and survived. He's in the documentary. But this became one of the more infamous serial killing sprees in American history, part of it because of the city that it was in, obviously, and the amount of uh, you know media and everything else that is populated there. So I was aware of what Son of Sam was, and I even heard the name David Berkowitz, which obviously five minutes ago I forgot, uh, but I had no idea of the theory that he had not acted alone. Nor did I know they even reopened the investigation and I think it was Queens actually officially ruled that they don't believe that he acted alone. And that Berkowitz actually did interviews later on in the 90s and early 2000s where he admitted he did not act alone. This documentary is seen through the lens of a reporter. And it's fascinating to tell you his story uh, that he grew up uh, in a staunchly Catholic family, altar boy. So he had a very strong sense of good and evil. And he's convinced that Berkowitz was attached to a satanic cult. And uh, even goes to a park in New York, this really desolate park, uh, and finds evidence of rituals and satanic imagery and things of that nature there. And that the police largely wanted to ignore this because they just wanted to convict Berkowitz and move on and claim a win and not deal with the fact that there was something systemically wrong uh, with, within this small community of adolescents, basically, or 20-somethings in the city of New York. Several of the other people that were alleged to have been involved with Berkowitz in these killings end up dying like very questionable, mysterious deaths. It's almost like a movie, right? Yeah. Except this is this is these people's real stories the very end you got to the very we won't spoil it you got to the very end yeah. that kind of that, that kind of hit you hit you yeah yeah uh the very end will definitely make you wondering if if rod serling wrote this okay so absolutely hang on for the very end and i won't even you couldn't you couldn't pay me to spoil it because i just think it's so well done that I don't want to rob people in our audience of that experience if they're going to watch it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Especially because it comes on the heels of what I am going to ruin the end before the end. Right. So the really good end, we're not going to ruin. We're just going to tell you though, stay to the very end. Mm -hmm. All right. But there's an end before the end. And this is what I was fascinated by because here you have a guy this reporter who's clearly influenced by his Catholic upbringing. And so he thinks he is, maybe he doesn't see it this way. He views it as journalistic instinct 
But what I see is a guy that has at least some level of spiritual discernment. That is connecting dots and seeing things that people who lack that in an increasingly secularized Mm -hmm. age, just they're not that pilot lights, not on. They're just looking at ballistics and forensics, you know what I'm saying? And witness testimony. So they're not, they're not seeing a meta narrative here. They're not even bothering to look, delve into Berkowitz's motivations because they just want to get this killer off the streets and make people safe, feel safe in New York city again. So this guy, this this independent journalist sees these things. He ends up getting some major media gigs uh, to investigate it. Writes a best-selling book. He's uh, He is a frequent contributor on uh, talk shows like Geraldo Rivera back in the 80s and things of that nature. Talking about this during the era that has often been panned as the satanic panic. Uh, you know, where there was so many uh, issues going on in the 80s with fears of Satanists and things of that nature. Except he appears to have, and by Berkowitz's own words in the documentary, he appears to have actually stumbled on a real case of it. And who knows whether Berkowitz committed these murders on his own. He claims he did not. He actually, but he doesn't do it in a way where he claims his innocence. That's what's fascinating. He openly tells you the people that he shot and killed. He identifies who they are and, 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 and says, yeah, I did that. Well, he was there for all of them. He just yes. said, I wasn't the trigger yes. man. That's what you're saying. Correct. I'm, I'm, but when someone else was the trigger man, yeah. he op- he says, hey, this is somebody I shot. This is not. And he specifies that this is not an attempt to say I didn't do this. Or I, right. I, 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 I was just there for all of them and I didn't. No, he owns up to pulling the trigger on several of these cases. Okay. But he says he wasn't alone the entire time. And he didn't pull the trigger on all of them. In fact, in one of the cases they they delve into, it seems pretty impossible that he's the trigger man because human beings can't be in two places at once, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, What I find fascinating, though, is when they get to the end, I think the producers of this documentary don't know what to do with what they've uncovered. And they kind of just go with this spirit of the agey, there's good and evil in all of us. Doesn't necessarily have to be like an external force battling it out for our affections and attentions, but that we just kind of succumb to these things. And there's something, I mean, they're right that there's something internally wrong with us, right? We're all sinners, right? But I don't get the gist that that's what they're communicating, that they're just saying that these are, that just some people just, you know, via osmosis, randomly just succumb to these terrible impulses without any external stimuli. I was fascinated that the filmmakers played that card at the end, given what they just showed us over the last almost four hours. And again, without spoiling the ending, what they're about to show us at the very, very end at the exact same Mm -hmm. time. Did you guys pick up on that as well? Yeah, but I think it, they do there. It's the entire effort is an homage to that sort of tension because i told you i i texted you after watching the first two and we spoke a little bit uh, yesterday i'm thinking after the first two how can you not believe anybody believe it, it that this is an open shut case of multiple people mm-hmm. in Involved. I, I mean, and so you haven't even gotten to the part where Berkowitz is going to speak out now and, no, no, and, no. on camera and None say there it. were more. Okay. But it's just so uh, obvious. The, the letters that were written by Berkowitz, the name dropping, 
uh, the people uh, from uh, Yonkers, the, the, the satanic symbols, the, the, it was just so obvious. Then you watch the third episode. And it goes from, it, it just happens that the Maury Terry, the, the author. The, the, oh, thank you. I left that as name. Forgive me. That, yes. that, that he happened to be from that area, which is also part of the reason why he is so obsessed. He knew in this letter, he, he knew the area where this park was, where the, the, the satanic rituals were. And so there, it seems like it's so tight. Then the third episode where he goes beyond just the localized crime and he he's fearlessly reaching as far as he can go into these London origins of the what's it called the people or the um, the purpose or whatever they oh, the, yeah, the, the progress the, church, progress, the church. progress church yes. and he's going all to California and he's trying to connect dots with Manson and with David Berkowitz and this is he he's trying because to, they both the reason why is that that they both had some form of contact with this progress church that that is indisputable yeah that's a matter of record it's just a matter of whether they intersected in that and in, in that yeah. contact and or not so he's trying to connect dots on a global scale and in ways that any investigator would do and sometimes he comes up short there's this case of this hollywood uh producer of the cotton club that was involved in all kinds of kinky stuff but as it turns out it really didn't have anything to do with devil worship and he was just killed because of a money issue gone bad so that ruined his credibility a little bit and a lot of people wanted his credibility to be ruined including cops gee i don't know anything about that at all so it ha- there's this tension of he he went he he had it in a way that a lot more people had but he wanted all of it and that was going to get tough to get for anybody else so there at the end it just kind of leaves you with the fact that yeah, it's clear that there might be a lot more there, but there also might not be. And this guy goes to his deathbed in a way that everybody tipped his hat to. But and they basically admit in what they say, I clearly want to. I, I'm willing to go a lot of way down that road with him, but not all the way because I just can't. I'm, I'm not able to see with the eyes and ears in here that he has. Yeah, no real alternative explanation for what Maury no. uncovers is offered. No, they just basically don't want to believe it is true. Exactly. And so there's this yes. there's yep. this cognitive dissonance yes. at their end, and then they show you the the next scene basically confirms everything that they just wanted to tell you. They don't really kind of buy. I was fascinated by yes. that. The operative word, and, and then you hit on it in a different way, Steve. That Todd just said is can't. Mm-hmm. The police and the authorities involved convinced that Berkowitz was the lone killer. They could not. They could not believe that it was anything else other than he was the lone killer because of the implications of what that would entail if it was indeed true. It wasn't a matter of do we believe that demons exist or that this Satanism exists. It was the implications of what we're dealing with here if we admit that. Because after all, uh, the mayor of New York has an election to win. After all, all of these police officers had these uh, commendations and promotions given to them after catching this fiend. After all, uh, fill in the blank. That was the operative word. Um, cannot believe. Can't. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I just can't with all of this. Guys, does that remind you of anything? Whether it's fiends, yeah. oh. whether it's fiends wearing our own uniforms, 
or whether it's people trying to play it down the middle of the road here. We just can't believe that things are the way that they are. Voldemort is not back. He's not back, as, uh, as Cornelius Fudge says in the, uh, in the fifth Harry Potter movie. Yeah. To your point, replace Berkowitz with coronavirus. Yep. I was thinking about mm. that the whole time. Or anything. Or, any, a pick, or anything else. Yes. Yeah. You know, we've been warning you about home title theft on the show for uh, a, a couple of years as well. This is where cyber thieves uh, remove you from your home's title because that's where it's kept online. They hack in there, uh, sign their way onto a quick claim deed as you, and then they take all your equity, leave you with uh, evictions, foreclosures, late payment notices. Um, and we've been warning you that it's where data breaches come in that expose your basic information that make you vulnerable to this because now they have what it requires to log online as you. And that recently happened to Facebook that put 500 million accounts exposed to cyber thieves. Don't let this happen to you, home title theft. Uh, take advantage of 30 free days of protection during this high risk, high risk breach from our friends at Home Title Lock. Uh, if you go to HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code radio. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code radio. Get 30 free days of protection during this high-risk breach again with the promo code radio at HomeTitleLock.com. So then, guys, the people who made this documentary, and again, we're not going to spoil the, the, the last act because it is worth seeing in real time play out for, your, for yourself. But since we know what's, what, what is in that last act, and we know it, what was in all the acts that led up to the act before that last act, where they basically punk out at the end. What would if, if we could put the Wonder Woman lasso of truth around the filmmakers, what would they say was the reason they did that, do you think? Because I think it gives us a window into the soul of what we're up against in the culture. I can, I can be confronted with this and still ignore it. What would they say? Um, lasso of truth. I think they would say what I just said. I can't. I just can't go there. Because the consequences of opening that up Correct. and therefore what it does the rest of my worldview yep. is a is a cost I'm just not willing to pay. Correct. I think he's probably right. What do you think, Todd? Yeah, particularly since the evidence of other people involved, you know, these guys, you know, running away from something all the way to the middle of Dakota and and two brothers dying that he he Berkowitz grew up with and was part of these dark rituals with them. There's no denying that they're dead in very ominous circumstances. Of course, there's there there. Of course, there is. And I just want to say, I, I was it was some Friday night and I was getting down ready to play NCAA football 14. And I always watch something, you know, while I'm doing that. And one of our listeners, I think uh, the name is China Joe's COVID Emporium, said, "Hey." <laughs> Right when I was starting to look, said, hey, you need to check this documentary out. So I want to give them credit. It's really well done. It's called Sons of Sam. Sons, plural. Sons of Sam. It's a four-part documentary on Netflix. We all three would highly, highly recommend. All right, we're going to stick around for the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. Look at your poll results. What you think is really behind the now confirmed UFO phenomenon. We will get into that in the overtime for our subscribers. For the rest of you, have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow, noon to two, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.